So I'm just going to jump right into our scripture um, that we're going to read tonight. So why don't you just, it's not that long of a scripture, why don't you stand as we honor the reading of God's word. And we're just going on to the next scripture from where we were last week, uh, Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to be doing verses 19 through 24. And it says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is a lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in, in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just, just come to you right now as we just dig into your word. We dig into the things that you have told us. And this, the neat thing about tonight is this is something you told us. These are your words. These are your quotes. Father, let us listen to what you have to say. It's not, a, it's not a comfortable subject. It's not a subject we enjoy talking about. But you talked about it. And if you talked about it, then it must be important. Pray this in your name. Amen. So we've been going through just several weeks of just, to me, an amazing time where I wanted to be, I want to be there where Jesus is just sitting there and just pouring his heart out and just saying things to people and just telling them the truths of the gospel. And so there's a chart up here that talks about the things that he's talked about, anger, lust, divorce, oaths, retaliation, enemies, giving, prayer, fasting. And now he gets to treasures. And then we have two more to go after that. But just what it would be like to sit there at the feet of Jesus and just have him share with us the truths about all of these things. And let me just honestly ask all of you this weekend, who doesn't deal with any of those things? This isn't like, well, 2,000 years ago they had these problems and they dealt with these problems. No, 2,000 years ago, they were dealing with the problems that we're still dealing with today. In fact, I've been talking to people recently, and one of the things that I've told them is it's just amazing when you go back to the original point of sin, the original point of sin where Satan just snuck up and says, hey, talk to me for a second. The lies that he told right then and right there are the same lies he's telling today. And we still fall for them. He hasn't had to change any of his tactics. But to sit there and just listen to Jesus talk about this, 
So he's been talking about, last week, talked about acts of righteousness, giving, praying, and fasting over the last several weeks. And these are not to be done so that they're seen by others. So that we don't get the rewards. We don't get the praise for what we're doing. These are things that are supposed to be done silently and quietly in our personal walk with God. And then all of a sudden, right in the middle of that, Jesus turns and talks about how we regard material things in this world. And he says, choose your master, God or wealth. And so just as Pastor Jeff said, you're saying, here we go again. Pastor Paul's up there talking. It must be about money. So I want to be very clear. It is about money. But it's about so much more than money. But because we're talking about money, I've instructed that all of the doors to the sanctuary this weekend are to be locked. Please do not try to leave. And for those watching on live stream this weekend, I have inserted a special code in the live stream link. You are not able to stop, disable, or close the link until I am done. Go ahead, try it. So, sometimes I feel like that's how you have to do when you talk about money. But it's what, like I say, Jesus talked about it. Jesus said these things. So we need to keep talking about them. So Jesus specifically refers to treasure. What is he referring to? In the Greek, the word, and Pastor Jeff's here, so I have to use Greek. It would just not be, I would be not honoring if I didn't. So thesauros, the place in which good and precious things are collected and laid up. A casket, coffer, or other receptacle in which valuables are kept. A treasury, a storehouse, a repository, a magazine. The things laid up in a treasury collected or collected treasures. And we get the word from thesaurus from this Greek word. And what's a thesaurus? It's a deposit of words. So what we're talking about is a place where we deposit things, where we keep things. But see, the Greek word does not trace back specifically to money. We're talking about things that are of value, things that are of importance, things that we raise up and put them on a pedestal where God didn't intend them to be. And so when he begins this, this section, he starts with this statement. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Lay up. What is he talking about? Lay up. The word for that in Greek is thesaurizo. To gather, to lay up, to heap up, to store up, accumulate riches. Keep in store, store up, reserve. And a metaphor that's used in that is to live day to day to increase either the bitterness or the happiness of one's consequent lot. And the word is used in its present tense when Jesus uses it. So he's not saying, well, just don't lay up treasures in heaven. You shouldn't do that. What he's telling them is, is stop laying up treasures on earth. He's telling them right here and now, you need to stop 
what you're doing. Stop this practice. And see, we're not talking specifically about money, even though money is a part of this. It's a major part of this. So I'm not going to try to hide that it's not. But we're talking about so much more than just money. Because see, at that time, wealth was not only attributed to the money you had in your bank account. It was attributed to the clothes that you wore, the vestments and the robes that you wore. Or the things about you that you have earned in society that give you status. Where people look at you because you have accomplished this. You have rose to this goal and you wear this type of clothes. You have these type of things. And that's what he's talking about. We're not talking, we're talking about the status that we've received, the things that we've collected that show other people who we are. So what does Jesus say about treasure on earth? And what he says, for treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. You see, Jesus is describing our earthly wealth, our earthly things, our earthly statuses that we have. And what he's telling us is earthly treasure is temporary. It's not permanent. It's just while we're here. Because see, if, if you're talking about cloth at that point, the vestments that they were wearing, the robes that they were wearing, the moths are going to eat holes in it. It doesn't matter that you're the high priest or the pharaoh or the king or whatever you are. The clothes that you wear, the moths are going to eat holes in it. It's not a special fabric. Metal. The things that we accumulate, the rust is going to eat it away. And come on, people, we live in Florida. We of all people understand this. Just walk outside of your house. Half of it is rusting away. Possessions. What's Jesus say about our possessions? That thieves are going to break into our house and going to steal them. And they're going to take them away. And when you look at this description, once again, to bring up the point, it could be anything that he's talking about. Because he's talking about moths eating it, rust eating it away, thieves stealing it from us. And that's the point that we've got to get from this. It's about the things that we attribute importance to. But see, Jesus gives us an alternative. And what he's saying is, is that we need to lay up eternal things. And he says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Jesus tells us to lay them in heaven and not here on earth. What are heavenly treasures? What, what are those things? And the way that we lay up heavenly treasures. What do I do? You do what Jesus did. You follow his example. Because that's what he came here to do. To show us how to have a relationship with him. It's our service to others. To the church. It's our caring. Our sharing. Our giving. It's our caring about them. 
above ourselves. And I just love to see that in church. And over the last two years, we have had numerous opportunities to see this where the church just steps in and someone is going through something horrific that we just couldn't imagine. And the church just jumps in and they go, what can I do for you? How can I help you? How can I serve you? How can I inconvenience myself so that you can feel loved at a time in your life where that love doesn't really look like it's there right now? That's what heavenly treasures are about. Because look at what Jesus did. He didn't do the things that were fun. He didn't do the things that were exciting. He did the things that were hard. He did the things that were impossible. He did the things that other people didn't want to do. He talked and shared and cared for the people that no one else wanted to share and care with. They could care less about him. And so it talks about laying up treasures in heaven. And we as a church have done the same thing that we've done with treasures on earth. We've sort of materialized them. Because heavenly treasures are not things. They are what we become as we mature as Christian. What is a heavenly treasure? It's not mansions, streets of gold, robes, angel wings, a status that we're going to have there. Now, those are things that the Bible talks about. But that is not, I'm going to get the biggest mansion on the street. How can I serve you? No. And I, I just was sitting here and I was listening to the song that Christ is mine forevermore. What is it? The love of Christ is my reward. The love of Christ is not things. Because see, I believe if it were things that we were trying to put away for in heaven, what are we doing? We're just doing the same thing we're trying to do here on earth. But I believe the treasure in heaven is the satisfaction of a life spent serving and obeying the call of God in our lives. The Bible does talk about the things and the rewards. There's crowns. David Jeremiah talks about the victor's crown, the crown of rejoicing, the crown of righteousness, the crown of life, the crown of glory. These are things that the Bible talks about. And there are people that walk around going, oh, I'm going to get my crown. No, the crown is the significance of how you spent your life serving God. Not what you earned. It's how the thing that God laid on your heart and the way that you honored him and served him. And the beauty of that is laying up treasures in heaven. It brings us a sense of contentment right now, right here. When we don't do it for the feeling, but when you touch somebody, when you reach out to somebody, when you meet a need in somebody's life, there is a peace, there is a satisfaction, there is just this thing that just swells up inside of you. And that's not why we do it, but that is the benefit of doing it. 
It's just a satisfaction. But we don't receive the ultimate satisfaction or completion here on this earth. I think it's God just patting us on the back going, keep on, keep on. Keep doing it. You're headed in the right direction. We receive that completion when we arrive on the other side of eternity. And it talks about moths, rust, and thieves. Well, they cannot touch what we lay up in heaven. They don't exist there. They don't touch things there. I don't care if you live on the sea in heaven. Your patio furniture is not going to rust away. It's going to look just like you bought it for eternity. Because that's what our heavenly reward is. And it says, once again, we're neither moths nor rust destroy. And we're thieves, do not break in and steal. People, those are the words of Jesus. They're not the words of someone else. These are words that are attributed to Jesus himself. And if he doesn't know what heaven's going to look like, we're in trouble. Moths cannot eat away the way that we care for others. Rust cannot eat at the way that we serve the church and others. Thieves cannot steal the satisfaction that we feel as we make an eternal difference in the world today. And so Jesus now goes on and tells us a hard truth. And sometimes these hard truths are painful. And this one is not, a good, not one that feels good. Because what he says is, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So he's told us, don't lay up treasure here on earth, lay up treasures in heaven. But then he goes on to say that where our treasures are, that's where our heart will be. That's what's driving us. That's what's motivating us every day when we get up. You see, we decide where our treasure is. We get to make that decision. Where we put our trust, the things that we re rely on to fulfill us, that's where our lives, our lives are focused. And if we focus on earthly treasures, our lives will be filled with emptiness and anxiety. Because it will never be enough. It will never suffice. They did a study several years ago and they went to different groups of people that made, they went to different income levels. And it didn't matter whether the people were making between twenty dollars and $40,000, whether they're making between forty dollars to $80,000, whether it just on and on and on. It didn't matter. Every group came back with the same answer. What would make you feel secure and happy when it comes to money? And every group doubled the amount of their salary and said, if I could just double it. I'll find peace and satisfaction. But see, if we focus on heavenly treasure, we will live a life of satisfaction and happiness. And we won't be constantly looking for more. Just a little bit more 
If I could have just a little bit more. Because that's the thing, what happens. And it comes, same thing when people retire. They just always need a little bit more before they're gonna be secure in their retirement. And then Jesus does something right here in the middle of this whole, con- this whole conversation. And there've been scholars that have said, okay, this is a different text. This is completely different than what he was talking about. And it's not. What he's doing is he's telling us in a way that we can understand. Let me just make it simple. And what he says is the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. See what Jesus knew that we understand is that light is the only thing in our body, our eye is the only thing in our body that allows light to come in. The only way that we're going to see and that that light is going to illuminate is through our eyes. There's no other place. My hand is not going to help me see better. I can feel, but I won't see better. And light is, that is what illuminates what we see and it can't enter our body in any other way. And if we focus on heavenly things, he's telling us, just take that same example. If you're focusing on heavenly things, you're allowing the light to come into your body. And it's gonna bring you joy, fulfillment, and happiness. But if we focus on our earthly things, then we were only bringing in darkness, causing us to live a life where we never find rest. We never find peace. We never find satisfaction. There will always be something more that we need. And then Jesus goes on to reveal to us a truth about this. He says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. We have to be single-minded in our pursuits on this earth. It works that way with our job. It works that way with our homes. It works that way with our relationship with Christ. We have to have a single focus of where we're going and how we're going to get there and how we're going to do it. We can't have it both ways. We can't play both ends. You see, Jesus is clear. We're either full of light or we're full of darkness. It's not like we can say, okay, I'm going to hedge a couple of things over here so that I have a lot of rewards in heaven. But just in case, I'm going to make sure I got a lot over here on earth. And my bank account's a little healthy here in case that doesn't work out. That's not the way it works. If we focus, up, if we focus on storing up things here on earth, but strive for eternal satisfaction, Jesus is telling us we have double vision. And we as humans are not designed to see two things at one time. We can only focus our vision on where we are going. And I always remember a story when I was, when I was younger, my, we had a sailboat. 
I loved to go sailing with my dad. It was just that quiet time where we just sat in the boat together. And he was focused not only on the boat, but he was focused on me because he was teaching me. He was training me. He was helping me understand how to sail this boat. So I, I had his attention. And the one thing that he always told me, we'd start drifting over here. And he goes, son, where are you going? I said, I'm going right there. He says, where are you looking? Oh, that's a fancy boat over there, dad. He goes, where's your sailboat going? Well, that fancy boat over there. And that's the one thing he had to keep telling me and keep teaching me and keep pushing in. Is if I wanted to get somewhere in a sailboat, I had to pay attention to where I was going. And I had to ignore all the glittery things that were sailing around. Because where my eye looked is where I took the boat. And that is the exact way it works in our lives. Where we focus our vision is where our heart follows. There's an interesting fact about double vision. When you close one eye, the double vision immediately goes away. We just need to close the eye that we're watching the world with. And we need to focus on the vision of where we're going. Because Jesus warns us about the darkness. I'm going to go on a little touchy ground here, so Pastor Jeff, forgive me. I want all of you and all of you hippies and all of you people that were part of this era to forget the politics and all of the innuendos that go along with this. I just need you to follow me here real closely, right here, focus with me. There's a song that Simon and Garfunkel sang, and it was called The Sound of Silence. And I don't know why, and I even thought, I'm just not going to do this, I'm not going to do this. And Lisa says, oh, be careful. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying, I'm being careful. But it just, we were just listening today, for some reason, it just popped up. And the words just slapped me. Because the song starts out, hello, darkness, my old friend. My old friend. We are so drawn to earthly things. We are so pulled to things of this world. And what does Jesus call them? Darkness. Hello, darkness, my old friend. And then it goes on to talk about the neon God. And it talks about the people bowed and prayed to the neon God. And I was trying to figure out what is that? And someone wrote this thing that just, I loved. And they said they bowed to the neon God. And why was it the neon God? Because they made it the neon God. Didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter what they were worshiping. What mattered was it was a God that they had created. And they bowed and worshiped to it. So were all earthly treasures bad? 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all kind of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. 
If you ever want to get to the heart of where it comes to where I believe and where I feel about finances and money and wealth and all of that, you look at this verse. Because yes, I enjoy things just as much as you do. I enjoy collecting things. I enjoy having things. But when it comes down to the rub, does it keep me from serving the way that God has called me to serve him? And if it does, then I don't need it. Because I can't sacrifice that. Because everything I do in the end has to honor and glorify him. And so this clearly tells us in this verse, it's not about money. The money's not the issue. The issue is the love of money. It's the heart. And Jesus is not concerned with about what we have. He is concerned about how important things are to us. Our question needs to be, am I more focused on building wealth here on earth or things in heaven? Because you see, our focus on the things we have on, here on earth have to bring glory to God. They're not there to make us look good. Not there to make people envy us. David Guzik, a pastor and a Bible commentator, says, it has been widely, wisely observed that a moving truck full of possession never follows a hearse. Everyone might take with them the world, everyone might take with them to the world beyond is left behind. The pharaohs of Egypt were buried with gold and treasures to take into the afterlife, but they left it all behind. Even further, though gold is a precious thing on earth, God uses it to pave the streets. I want to leave you with one story, a, a, a parable that Jesus told, Luke 16, verses 1 through 9. And he said to his disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, what is it that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, what shall I do? Since my master is taking the management away from me, I, I am not strong enough to dig. And I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do. So, then I am, so that when I am removed from management, people may re receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtor, one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill and quickly write 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 80. The master commended the dishonest manager for, for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous wealth so that when it fails, they may receive you into eternal dwellings. You're going, what? Okay. The master commended the dishonest manager. Right before he fired him. Let's just go ahead and say that. <laughs> you see, the dishonest manager knew that he was about to be called into an account for the way that he handled his master's finances. Just the way that we will be called into account, the way that we have lived here, 
And the dishonest manager knew that he was in trouble. Why? Because he had not done a good job. And the dishonest manager took advantage of his present position to arrange for a comfortable life after he left employment with his current employer. Now he was focused on earthly things. But take that story and let's look at at heavenly things. If we treated the gospel, if we treated the word, if we treated our relationship with Christ in the way that this manager treated all of the people that had dealings with his master. And that's the way we treated them in life and we cared for them in life. And we made sure that they had good standing with our master. That's where we're laying up things for eternity. If we're solely focused on laying up earthly treasure, are we not the dishonest manager who does not serve his master well? Because who is our master? But we do everything to benefit ourselves. If we are focused on eternal things and our goal is to make sure that everything we do is toward heavenly goals and kingdom principles. We need to make sure that we don't have double vision. But that everything we do is about building the kingdom. Because Jesus is not concerned with our wealth. He's concerned with where our loyalties lie. The love of things, money, and earthly wealth is in direct conflict with loyalty to our God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just... I just thank you. I just thank you that you, you took time out of your schedule to sit down and just share your heart. To share your heart about something that is so hard for us to talk about. But when we can talk about it in the way that you talked about it, it makes so much more sense. Father, help us. Help us with our vision to not be double, have double vision. Help us with our focus that we know to focus on you and to know that earthly wealth is not bad. It's the love and the desire for that earthly things and possessions that is bad. Help us to use everything that you've given us here on this earth to promote and build your kingdom. In your name, amen.